Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. While, while Democrats were rioting in the streets in 2020, I kept saying, why can't we get this into the courtrooms? Would it, would it, I mean, is everybody just going to stand here and let America burn all summer long? And the answer was yes. The answer was yes. They were just going to let America burn all summer long. You had elected tyrants. I would submit to you that Ralph Northam, our former governor, the Democrat, was one of those elected tyrants who was making decisions to crush the livelihood and lives of the average citizen while allowing certain big businesses to stay open all under the guise of his emergency powers i mean if somebody is if in my lifetime i've seen somebody abuse emergency powers it's lavar stoney in the city of richmond when he faked the emergency situation and then took a break while he was taking down the statues. That was a total bogus lie. And Governor Ralph Northam uh, creating a little fiefdom for himself where he got to decide who survived and who didn't uh, financially and economically in in uh, Virginia. And meanwhile, this is juxtaposed against violence in the streets in Richmond, Virginia. Still, if you go up to Northern Virginia, they don't even know what happened. They don't even know that anything bad happened in Richmond. They think, oh, God, here comes that John Reed guy and the Republicans uh, making up stories about what happened in Richmond because the press deliberately suppressed those stories and acted like it was all just, you know, midnight basketball at the former Lee Monument. That's what happened in uh, Richmond. A couple of taggers spray-painted things with some bad words, but that's the extent of it. And they've lied, basically. They manipulated the coverage the entire summer. And we allowed violence at the federal courthouses. We allowed the police to be attacked all over the United States. And then when the Democrats who allowed this, people like Ralph Northam and LeVar Stoney, and quite frankly, most of the people you're hearing about in our newscast these days who are seeking additional political offices, you know, they've never suffered any consequences for standing on the sidelines while their people behaved badly. They're advancing, you know, to run for Congress, uh, continuing to advance their political careers as if nothing happened on their watch. Okay. Um, once the Democrats had achieved what they wanted to achieve, which was getting rid of Donald Trump, or at least creating the environment where they could uh, claim that he was no longer going to be the president, you 
had folks show up to support Donald Trump who went to the Capitol, and I will concede to you, crossed the line and broke the law in many cases. But even today, you have the individuals who went into the Capitol, and let's be honest, if you compare what happened to the cap at the Capitol with what happened over the course of a hundred nights in city after city after city in America, um, symbolically it's pretty dramatic, but it ain't as bad as what happened in Portland and in Seattle and in Richmond and in other cities over and over and over again. And that's why, as we head into Christmas weekend, I thought it would be interesting to talk to some of the people who are still suffering and are still dealing with the consequences of what happened on January 6th and and just check on them and see what they're thinking today. And we're joined this morning by Mickey Whithoft, who's the mother of Ashley Babbitt, you know, who was the only person who was actually killed at the Capitol on January 6th. And Nicole Reffitt, who's uh, the wife of one of the J6 uh, charged individuals, Guy Reffitt, uh, Mickey and Nicole, I really appreciate you all joining us this morning. Can I ask you on the eve of this holiday weekend, this important weekend, how you're feeling, how you're managing things two plus years, almost solid two years later? Well, we, we're in D.C. I'm, I'm from California and Nicole is from Texas and we've yeah. been in D.C. holding a vigil outside the jail since August 1st. Um, I, I do just want to clear up that, that my daughter, although she was the most public death of, of the day, that four unarmed American citizens were killed that day. And, and as you said, you know, there were people there that broke the law that day, but uh, some of those people were the Capitol Police uh, guilty of arrestable offenses. Not just Michael Byrd, who, who publicly executed my daughter, but Lila Morris, who killed Roseanne Boylan. And, um, you know, the officers that also were responsible for the death of Kevin Greeson and Benjamin Phillips. So... We, we are managing here in D.C. We go to the federal courthouse um, and watch the trials unfold, and we go to our vigil at night. So, well, Tell me what you're thinking when you don't see intensive coverage of these trials. I don't think I'm missing it because I think I'm pretty sensitive about it. Um, you, I, I don't see the regular coverage that we would have no. had. I mean, I covered the... Um, the, the trial of the Branch Davidians um, in Waco, Texas, one of my first jobs as a journalist. And that was intensive coverage worldwide. I don't see that same attention here. Why do you think that is? Well, I think it, it's just the left-wing media, and, and it, the mainstream media is controlled. It is controlled, and that's not just my speculation. That's fact. The left-wing media is, is controlled by, by the, the government, and, you know, how can you have this January 6th farce committee? It's, it's, how can you have a January 6th committee hearing without talking about, you know, Ashley Babbitt, Michael Byrd, Roseanne Boylan, Kevin Greeson, Benjamin Phillips? And it's like you're in, in the conservative news business and you've probably never heard Kevin Greeson, Benjamin Phillips and pro- possibly not Roseanne Boylan because it has been so buried by the media. And, and some of the people that day, they did break the law, but some of them that are that are in the jail right now, are there that did not enter the Capitol, did not commit violence, and are being literally persecuted and hung out to dry by this government. And as you said, there's nobody covering that. 
But and that being said, our own very own Nicole Ruffett is in the courtroom every day and she does give an update on what happens in there. So I'm going to let her talk to you about some of the things that are going on. Yeah, Nicole, tell me your husband's story and situation at the moment. Uh, okay, so my husband was the very first trial uh, who, he was the very first Jan Sixer who went to trial. Um, our 18-year-old son, he turned his father in to the FBI uh, in December of 2020. And uh, my, my son, uh, he, he, he had just graduated high school during that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, he's very left-leaning. He is, you know, a, uh, a declared uh, democratic socialist. And, uh, you know, through the summer and everything leading up to uh, or the summer of 2020, uh, my son was involved with BLM and uh, different aspects of that area. Um, And interesting, some interesting facts were from the Dallas area. And uh, when they were having the BLM uh, marches in Dallas, Jackson was in the streets and Guy was in front of the Perot Museum protecting it. You know, so uh, I, I believe my story is not very much different than a lot of American story, American family stories. Uh, you know, there's such a fracture going on in our nation and in families. And I, I really just felt like I saw everything unfolding in my living room that was unfolding in the United States. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> and so uh, my, my husband uh, did go to January 6th. He did not enter the building. And he did not damage property, and he did not touch a police officer, uh, yet he was sentenced to seven and a half years uh, for an obstruction of justice charge. Uh, and, and, uh, there, and what was there, the what was the charge related to then, the obstruction of justice related to that day or after the fact? Or? Okay, well, there is an obstruction of justice charge attached to Guy because of, after he got back from D.C., uh, my son came out, and he was, uh, you know, at behest of the FBI, he was recording um, conversations in our home. Mm. And uh, Well, that's so a difficult he, situation. May I ask, uh, do, do you still speak to your son? Is your son still a part oh, of your lives? Yes. Yes, we do. Uh, mm. You know, I'm not saying it's easy, but he is our son, and we, and we right. love him dearly. He, he's just a young man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, the more it's just a difficult situation. I but can yes, imagine, we, sure. And, and uh, you know, and we do love him. Uh, Guy did have uh, an extra obstruction charge uh, because he... Jackson had came out and claimed that he, you know, he was a communist and, and all these things, trying to rile his dad up for, you know, a recording for the FBI. And Guy basically said, you know, if you're a communist, you know, well, they poison communists in, in Russia. In fact, I think they shoot traitors in China. And, and then that was taken out of context and, and, that that was used as an obstruction of if he turned his, if Jackson had turned him in, although Jackson had already turned him in. 
But, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, well, I wanted to speak on the, the obstruction charge, the 1512C2 charge that over 350 Jam Sixers are charged with. Okay. It's also the criminal referral that they just put forth against uh, President Trump. Uh, that obstruction charge holds the most weight as far as time goes for the Jam Sixers. Um, it has been argued in front of the appellate court so far. Uh, now, now this charge, you don't even have to be in. It, it is the obstruction of an official proceeding. Mm-hmm. It holds up to 20 years uh, sentence. And uh, it is uh, the charge that they're saying that certain jam sixers tried to stop the electoral process that day. Interesting. And, yeah. And, and it, it's just, you know, the, some, of these, some of these guys are picking up um, – uh, interruption of interstate commerce because Safeway had to che- they had to close an hour early that night, right. and and these are right. felony charges that are sticking on these people. It, it's a felony charge because Safeway had to close early, you know. And and the 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 government behaved reprehensibly that day. You know, they 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 killed American citizens, unarmed American citizens. You know, I'll never get a chance to to talk to my daughter again, and and Roseanne Boylan's family as well. Um, you know, the American public, like you said, in the summer of love. When everything was burning, we had politicians cheering them on. And then yet on January 6th, they did everything they could to orchestrate chaos. And, um, you know, starting with denial, the National Guard, um, the Capitol Police were understaffed, undermanned, and and, um, dispersed in various ways that day that were out of the ordinary. Um, Just so many things that day just um, spelled disaster, orchestrated disaster. You know, and I believe that the Democrats had exactly what happened. Um, that's an interesting. Happen. It's an interesting choice of words, the orchestrated disaster, because I get the impression that this wasn't as um, organic as perhaps it's been presented to us up to this point. And I no, think sir. I think with Republicans in control, perhaps we'll actually see the evidence, which will either prove that or disprove that. I would still like to get to the truth, and I do want to continue to point out the disparity in the uh, vigilance and vehemence of the government's attention to your family members and the passivity that we witnessed leading up to the election in 2020. I think that's all political. Listen, yeah, I, the liberal in the front door, out the back door with the BLM and Antifa people. And uh, we, like I said, we have men with, with uh, charges of parading. We have one man, well, a couple men still sitting yeah. in jail. One comes to mind, you know, John Mellis. He's not even had a bond hearing yet. 710 days behind bars and not a bond hearing, not a bail hearing. And we believe it's because they would have to, to, um, ex- to let some of the video go. And it would be exculpatory for him, but very damning for our government. Yeah. So he sits behind bars without his discovery, without, um, you know, a bond hearing. And he's not the only one. We have and a lot of people think that these were just radical people. We have law enforcement officers still sitting in jail. Veterans, over 70 percent of the people that are in jail are veterans. We have um, a Green Beret, Jer- uh, Jeremy Brown in, in uh, Florida. Um, he was absolutely set up. And, you know, and I know that that sounds like extreme. And two years ago, you would have had to convince me that these things went on. But now nothing surprises me. And uh, like I said, it was an orchestrated event that day. And I think we need to get to the bottom of it. You're not going to get um, the truth from the January 6th committee uh, hearing. I'm hoping, that, I'm hoping, Mickey, that some <clears throat> Republican leaders will be bold enough to stand up and let's let's get to the truth. 
especially as the time continues to tick past the event. Mickey Whithoft is the mother of Ashley Babbitt and Nicole Reffitt, the wife of of uh, one who is still in, in jail related to January 6th, Guy Reffitt. Thank you both for being with us, and I hope it will be a peaceful holiday. I don't know if it will be a happy holiday for you, but a peaceful Christmas coming up for you. Thank you. All right, we'll be outside the D.C. Gulag if anybody wants to join us. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with a vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.